This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and go to iTunes and rate us with all the stars you want. Yeah. Um, and say nice things about us. Say very nice things. Why would you not? Uh, people have their reasons. Mostly my voice reasons. and my laugh and my words. And the woman thing. And the, listen, <laughs> I would never call the internet misogynistic. You know me. I would never do that. But maybe. But maybe. Uh, can you just go ahead and read uh, the pen that you're holding? The so, pen I'm holding. So we're recording at my apartment, or my, my apartment. I live in a house, like a grown-up again. Um, and do you it, just get pens delivered to you now? Well, no, I did steal that pen. Oh, okay. Okay, so just go ahead and read off that pen. Community Christian Church, helping people find their way back to God. Now, I was at a talk, unrelated, I need to it's be It's a very clear. nice pen. It's a really slick pen. I was at a talk unrelated to the church. It just I, I've been to a couple events in this particular church that's near me in Naperville. Um, they just like have event. Like I saw the vagina monologues there, and I'm going to talk about the thing I was at this week. Um, and so they have. It's like really fucking luck. So they have nice seats, and then they all have seat back pockets. Ooh. And then little every seat had a little pen like this clipped in. <laughs> and I obvious. First of all, I love pens. I love stealing them. I love having them. I always have pens. And my husband was like, you can't steal a pen from a church. And my argument was it's branded. They want you to take it. Right. It's them spreading spreading the good word. So I just really need to like get some internet people to back me up that <laughs> I, I wasn't sinning by stealing a pen because they want you to steal it. And like, anyway. It's like the Gideon's Bible. They want you to take it. That's why it's in your hotel room. Yeah. Right? Right. Is that how it works? I don't know. I have a box of them in my room somewhere. Do you? Somewhere. Like that you stole? Borrowed. Wait, you take Bibles from hotel rooms? What else are you supposed to do with them? I leave them. I mean, or now I leave shit I, in I will them. Admit, I have done that. It's been a long time since I've done that. Now I would probably sign it with a little <laughs> message from God. Uh, the FFRF gives you warning stickers if you want to oh. put on the cover. You know, like a hazard, yellow hazard sticker. Yeah, um, I used to leave, like, when I would go to TAM, I would leave, like, my program guide, or, like, shoved in there. <laughs> or if you open it up and just be like, make sure you check out this verse. Holy cow. Or just go through and, like, notate <laughs> yeah, it. Right. I can't believe, so I feel like. Or just add LOL to the last <laughs> verse at the very end. Just kidding. I feel like stealing. Once a- upon a time, right before Genesis 1. <laughs> I feel like stealing a Bible is something I would do when I was a teen, but now that I'm an adult, my thought is, like, it's not that stealing the Bible is wrong. I don't care. I just don't have to deal with it when I get home. Like, I yeah. don't need more shit. Right. <laughs> Which is why I don't take them now. Now it's like the, this is like from high school and college. Oh, or something. you're so rebellious. Oh, Hammett, Hammett oh I know. was such a badass. <laughs> he was on his choir trips and he stole Bibles. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I used to go on choir trips. <laughs> hey, Hammond, let's talk about them. So it's Friday let's. evening. We're recording later than usual. Let's talk about Arkansas because they just put up another Ten Commandments monument and it helps to kind of know the background of this story because it's so extensive. Does it help? Does anything help? I'll give you the Notes version of this. In, I think, 2015, uh, the state senator, Jason Repair, uh, he passed a bill basically wanting to put a Ten Commandments monument outside the state capitol building. Because nothing else is going wrong in Arkansas. Nothing. Uh, the House and the Senate also said, yeah, that's fine. 
But when they passed this, already Satanists and atheists said, well, we have our own monuments that we would like to submit. We'll cover the costs. Uh-huh. But if you're putting up a Christian monument, we have our own to submit. Wait, is this the one that somebody ran into? Or is this oh, yeah, we're oh, getting there. Oh, it's the same there, one? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, so basically uh, they passed another bill in 2017 uh, because they knew the lawsuits were coming. Mm-hmm. So they passed another bill saying, well, this time a <laughs> House committee gets the final say. So it's not just that we're automatically putting up a Christian monument sure. or something. We have a committee dedicated to evaluating all these proposals. A very objective and representative totally. of the, the population. And wouldn't you know it, the Ten Commandments passed that committee. What? The satanic Baphomet statue did not. Why? I don't know. Baphomet, is that how you say it? I think. I've never said it out so, loud because I'm afraid. So the thing is, they were like, all right, Christian monument's going up. They put it up. They they got it up there. And then, like you just said, this guy who actually happens to be a Christian who didn't like seeing a graven image, basically, there, he took his car and just slammed into it less than 24 hours after it went up. It's the most buckwild story. Yeah. He's in jail, I believe, right now, still. Which, okay, I wa- I, I feel like... I always want to be clear on things like this that, like, I don't think the Ten Commandments should be there. I also don't encourage people to drive their cars into A, you know, state property, and B, just, like, shit in general. Just go ahead and try to keep your car on the road, my friends. Right. So, and by the way, this is the same guy who did the same thing, I believe, in Oklahoma years earlier. Like, he just likes driving into Ten Commandments monuments. It's jam. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so the monument's down. Here's what that, why that was good for Arkansas. They avoided the lawsuits because you can only sue, if you're at the Satanic Temple, oh. you can only sue over the monument if there's a monument. That's good and point. since the monument was gone, the ACLU lawsuit disappeared, mm-hmm. the Satanic Temple lawsuit disappeared, but Jason Repair is like, well, we got to get the Ten Commandments back. He Jason did a, Repair is not among my favorite he humans. He did a fundraiser online. He yeah. raised like $85,000. Here's the thing. This monument cost 25000 He actually got a $25,000 gift from the God's Not Dead producers. Who totally wanted to see it? Okay, I know. I this know. happened a minute ago, right? Because we've talked about this before. We right? talked about because this. didn't you reach out to him and say like, "Where's the rest of that money going?" <laughs> yeah. And did he? And he called me evil, more or less. Um, I did it again. Well, I mean, oh. I call you evil. Like he's That's not true. unique. Uh, so I I don't know where that extra money's going, but uh, whatever no... they had this monument. This time, repair said we're not just putting up the monument; we're putting four concrete barriers. On the outside of it, so no it's one can run into it. The Declaration of Independence yeah. under bulletproof glass. I actually started following him on Twitter just a couple of days ago because I wanted updates on the monument as uh-huh. they were installing it. He must have seen me follow him because he's like, "Oh, look who's whatever." He made some stupid ass oh remark. God, he called you out. Yeah, and I'm like, first of all, you're a state senator. I can follow you if I want. Uh, also, if you have that few, and I'm saying this is less than a thousand followers, if you have few enough followers that you like notice who follows <laughs> you at any given day, and it's Hemet, no offense, Hemet, and it's like <laughs> Hemet Meta, and you're like, uh oh, look at like. <laughs> <laughs> I was. He has thousands of followers, and he follows thousands of people, which is to say, you shouldn't be getting notifications for each of these. Yeah, and I don't know why I would care. Like, I'm not trying to sabotage you or dox you or something i don't you're a state senator you're posting about something i care about Uh, i'm following you for about two days so i can get these pictures and updates and stuff and he got very mad about it not 
thinking that I was, I think he thought I was trying to instigate something. Um, and I'm like, I well, mean, while you're paying it, attention it, to me, where did it, all that money were go? Were you? <laughs> were you a little bit? I was not, but I was amused to see what was going to happen. So this, you weren't opposed to instigation. I don't know what people are going to, again, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to see it vandalized. I want to see it taken down. Right. And I want to see it taken down since he's not responsible enough to do it, mm-hmm. then bring on the lawsuits. And so this monument went up Thursday morning. Um, Lucian Greaves from the Satanic Temple was there in person. Friend of the podcast. Uh, friend of the podcast. He, he, was, he gave a nice live stream of the whole thing happening. I think he was one of the first people to take his picture in front of the Ten Commandments monument after it was unveiled. Good for him. Um, so anyway... The Satanic Temple says we're waiting for other entities to file a lawsuit and then we can merge them all together. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, uh, no lawsuit has been filed. Okay. Excuse me. But they're coming. Lawsuits are coming. I would think so. I would guess the ACLU of Arkansas, Uh though they didn't respond to my question about it. (laughs) Um, I would assume the Satanic Temple at some point. I would assume atheists too, though... Now, if you want standing in this case, I would assume you would say, well, now we tried to get our monument installed. The committee said no, so now we're suing. Put yeah. Hammond, they're an objective committee. <laughs> I don't know. How could they possibly yeah. not have made the exact right decision? I, I know. So this, this monument shouldn't be there. This doesn't help anybody. You don't yeah. need to see it. If you need to look to the Ten Commandments to know that you shouldn't be murdering and killing or whatever, you got bigger problems. Was this thing that you tweeted about today that you're being super petty about like the left justification of the various right. <laughs> if you look at the second line of the Ten Commandments monument it looks like it's indented and it shouldn't be though depending this is what I found oh, out later uh, depending on which version of the Ten Commandments you're using mm-hmm. the indent was okay because it was actually like part 1B, not part 2. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, I always thought those were two separate commandments, but depending on the version you're looking at, those two might be merged into one. Interesting. So that, like... The fact is, there isn't one set of Ten Commandments, so... (laughs) When I saw that tweet, it made me think, um, you don't listen to... Pod Save America or like Love It or It or any of those. Um, So they have a segment called OK Stop where it's like they'll play a news clip from like a Hannity type show and just like say, okay, stop and like talk about whatever's (laughs) going on. And every time when it's like a Fox News person, they just go, okay, stop. I know this is a podcast, but I need to talk about the graphics. And and it so I'm building this theory that nobody who has any like graphic design skills wants like everybody who is in like the graphic design world is kind of like artsy and left leaning. So, <laughs> so if you're like, I need an artist to do my Ten Commandments, people are like, No, I'm not gonna. Or like, I'm not gonna do your stupid over the shoulders, Hannity. <laughs> Is he in jail yet? Uh, Hannity? No, he's still doing a show. Did he do anything illegal? Uh, we don't know what he did. We know he's like taking, uh, renting out property as kind of like a landlord yeah. and then charging up the rents for so poor people. So he's definitely immoral and he definitely violated yeah. general like journalism ethics. Oh, yeah. But. Forever. And he admits that. He's like, I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer. Can you. <laughs> At least he knows it. Yeah, but nobody else knows it. That's the fucking yeah. problem. Every time somebody calls out Fox News on their garbage, especially when it's like the Fox and Friends shit, they're like, we're an entertainment show. But but people who tune into you don't know that. And you can't... Words have meaning. No. No, they don't. 
They did you listen to Trump on Facts and Friends? Oh, yeah. That was glorious. I Did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it awful? Did it get any better? I listened to the beginning. You, and I was if like, you no. saw any recaps or comedians making fun of you heard all Get the good the stuff. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> I don't know, but I did see that he enjoyed it so much he plans to make it a monthly thing, which no one's going to oh stop him. God. Good. Keep talking, man. He incriminated himself. I know. It's so good. I just... I love it when they're so cocky they don't realize they're making mistakes. That's Even I mean, the Fox News hosts were like, dude, why are you yeah. why are you still talking? When Fox and Friends is like, <laughs> bro, like fucking pump the hey. brakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you gotta go, Mr. President, oh, even I'm though sure it's the only interview busy. and everyone's watching. Do you think they're like, we've got an hour left of show uh, an hour of show left and you have to watch it I to mean, like the make next, your policy? The decision? very next thing they did on the show was some cooking segment. Like they didn't have anywhere to go. Oh, my God. Oh, it's man. So un- the thing is, at the root of everything, like, there's many, 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 many problems. But at the bottom of it, it's, like, it's so undignified. <laughs> like, just tweeting and calling in and screaming at news hosts. It's just, like, <laughs> have some fucking self-respect for once in your oh. life. I'm sorry. Did we get off track? No. So the, are we done with the Ten Commandments? Let me, yeah, let me bring up one more happier thing oh, okay. if from Congress, since there's not much of that. But Congress had a week. Congress did have a week. But this is actually, this is exciting news. Uh, The Secular Coalition this week had their big lobby day where if you're in the area or you can get to the area, they have an awards dinner to celebrate the organization. They train you about certain issues that they want you to lobby your elected officials about. So just lobbyists have their own celebration? Yeah, like uh, you were the humanist of the year, whatever. Oh, oh, oh okay, um, okay, 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 And they give awards. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who's a representative, was there. Maisie Hirono, a senator from Hawaii, was there. Uh, Jared Huffman, who we'll talk about in a second, who's the only atheist, basically, okay. in Congress, was there. They got awards. They gave speeches. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And then people were trained about certain issues. Then they, were, they had appointments with their elected officials. They go meet with them or their staffers and mm-hmm. make their pitch, which is how anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they have that. What was interesting is when Jared Huffman gave this speech uh, on whatever night it was a few nights ago, he announced something that was actually really remarkable. And that is that he just formed what's called the Cong- Congressional Free Thought Caucus. There really? are hundreds of caucuses in, the con- in Congress. Caucus? Okay. Yeah. Like, you may have heard of the Congressional Black Caucus, because this is pretty much every black person in Congress, they can get together, talk about legislation or issues that they may want to argue about, fight about, talk about in the public square. There is a Congressional Prayer Caucus that does the National Day of Prayer and the National Prayer Breakfast. So brave. Yeah. There is a Cement Caucus. There, Yeah. There's a Chicken Caucus. There is a Rugby, like... It's all Rugby. there. I don't know how many people join all these things, but they get together and they talk about these interests. Can it's kind of like you're in we, high school and you have clubs for everything. You know how you're, there's a club for like three people only yeah. and like whatever. Can you run for Congress so you can start a Hammond caucus? You like everyone named Hammond is, is invited to my caucus. We're pro, and we're I'm sure like on. the John <laughs> caucus would like outnumber me. It would be very sad. Have you seen just sidebar recently uh, today or this past week? An art a an article came out. Um, God, I want to say is New York Magazine maybe, but it was all of the uh, pos- all of the executive positions in the country where there are more Johns than women. <laughs> and then I jumped off a cliff and I'm a ghost there now because go. I don't want to live here anymore. Yeah. 
Go so ahead. Jared Huffman said, we are now having a congressional free thought caucus. Cool. Um, he's the chair of it. Uh, Representative Jamie Raskin, who's a Democrat from Maryland, and Representative Jerry McNerney, a Democrat from California. They are the co-chairs. Um, cool. What we don't know is who else would be members of this caucus, <clears throat> but it now exists. Mm-hmm. And here's what the goal... Like, So, okay, what's the purpose of this other than... It's a nice thing to say. <laughs> the Cool Kids Club. Yeah, right? Here's what they plan to do. The Free Thought Caucus, he said, exists to promote public policy based on reason and science, it, to protect the secular nature of our government, cool. so church-state separation, to it. oppose discrimination against atheists, agnostics, and religious seekers. Relevant. And by that, I mean, I think what he means is like, there are adoption agencies that are allowed to discriminate against gay parents or people who don't follow their religious rules mm-hmm. because they are, even though they get taxpayer funding for it. And this is an example of something the Free Thought Caucus could argue against. And they also said they would provide a forum for members of Congress to discuss their moral frameworks, ethical values, and personal religious journeys, which I think is a nice way of saying we want to encourage more members of Congress to come out and, as atheists. And we want to help you with that journey because you might remember uh, uh, Pete Stark used to be the only member of Congress. It's Tony Stark's brother, right? Yes. Who used to be an atheist. Uh, The name is familiar, but no. Cool. Uh huh. Uh, He used to be an atheist. (laughs) He got voted out uh, in 2014, I believe. Uh And Jared Huffman is now the only, he calls himself a humanist. He's the only non religious person, but really 535 members of Congress won. Non-religious, openly non-religious. Statistically person. unlikely, but okay. Yeah. So um, if they can help people, and by the way, Huffman, <laughs> one of the other things he said in that speech is that when he came out, and he, they made story, there were stories written about, oh wow, there's now an open non-religious person in Congress. He was waiting for the backlash, even mm-hmm. though he's from California and he's a Democrat from California. Like he was waiting for the backlash, never came. And he's like, wow, no one cares where yeah, I'm from. They care from about him. what I'm doing in Congress. He's like, if, if he can help other members of Congress, especially ones who are close to retiring mm-hmm. or ones who are in safe districts where saying you're an atheist wouldn't be a deal breaker, I, yeah. I hope that helps. So I think it's really interesting that out of our entire Congress, one person yeah. professes to not be religious. I mean, that has to change because the population is changing, right? Like, that is going to change. I mean, demographically, yeah. It's unlikely that Huffman is the only one. The question is, but okay, n- but, but we know like, why. Let's not pretend that, that, the, that Congress is a representative. representative of the demographics because also right. there are people of color and human women in the world right. that aren't represented in, in Congress, right? So I, I don't necessarily doubt that necessarily, but... You have to think there's going to be a demographic ch- shift, if, if for no other reason than yeah. the fact that nuns <clears throat> are rising so quickly that it, it's becoming less of a liability. Because like, I feel like there's a lot of people who maybe are choosing not to run because they are atheists. Sure. Right? And, like and I think now, because you're seeing this blue wave of people who are now running for office, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are unknowns before this year, mm-hmm. but whatever, locally, they know what they're doing and they're yeah. fighting for I would imagine a, no, a lot of them are not religious and they're not afraid to say so, they even just, though I couldn't tell you the name of any of them right now who are in the hunt uh, for a seat because if the primaries are over and they're running in November, I, as far as I know, nobody is openly atheist. Do you think there's going... Do you think in our life, lifetimes there's going to be a time that 
we will sincerely be like, I don't know this person's religious beliefs. For a member of Congress? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it happens. There, I think there's 10. I mean, I would argue that that's kind of happening now, that like I couldn't tell you like Dick Durbin's religious affiliation. But he does have one listed. There he does are have about, one, but, but it's certain, But I couldn't tell you what it is because he doesn't make a big deal about I'm it. sure There are it's 10 Lutheran. who don't... Everybody right here is Lutheran. <laughs> there are 10 who don't have any uh, official affiliation yeah. listed. They just go by unaffiliated or unlisted or okay. whatever. Further, uh, so in addition to, is there going to be a time when it doesn't matter? Do you think there is a time that that question is just going to be dropped from the, like, I'm researching, you know, because... Like opposition research or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. This or not even opposition research. Of, uh, but, but you said it's, quote, depends unquote, on listed the city. somewhere. Depends on the that city. It's that Dick Durbin or whomever has their religion listed. Like, Do you think there's going to be a time that we're like, who fucking cares? Like, swipe left. Yeah, and it depends. Is that how... Depends where. Tinder good? Swipe left or swipe sure. right? Sure. Why did I try to make that reference, Hemant? It's not in my wheelhouse. Anyway. <laughs> um, there are but. some states where I think you could get away with that. Bernie Sanders did it. I mean, he is, he says he's religious or he believes in something, but he tries really hard to describe it in this nebulous sort yeah. of, we're all God. I thought God's said, everywhere. I thought he said secular Jew. Is that, am I wrong on that? I don't think he said it, but it's oh, been it described that way. Yeah. So on paper, he's Jewish, and you would assume that's religiously so. I think his words pretty much point to secular Jew. Mm-hmm. But okay, whatever. The, the point is, I, I think depending on where you're from and what you're running for, like maybe it doesn't matter in some places. There's a reason a lot of the people I just mentioned for the Free Thought Caucus are from California. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really make a difference yeah. there. Um, I, I am curious if any Republicans would join this thing. I don't know that they would, but like the the Congressional Black Caucus, the Prayer Caucus, that's bipartisan. There's no reason this shouldn't be bipartisan, but Republicans might have a hard time signing up with this thing. I'm also yeah. curious what effect they might have on legislation. Um, what? Because they could write bills based on discussions that they have, mm-hmm. not in this Congress right <laughs> now, but what? maybe Why? in a future one, I'm wondering whether they could have any sway on issues. But such a doer and a shaker. He loves to get shit done. I don't know oh, what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I like that this is formed. This is something when I was more involved no, in great. organized yes, atheism, really to, yeah. uh, when the Secular Coalition for America was just getting underway, mm-hmm. I remember this is one of the things they talked about. Sure. If not at the congressional level, at the state level, they said it would be nice to have a, a caucus of where state legislators could at least talk to people who are non-religious to get ideas or to get uh, suggestions for legislation. Yeah. And And man, this is way up there. I would also say, if no other reason, it's a nice symbolic gesture, right? Like of the fact that we, we as non-believers, right, are, are finally represented enough that we can say, okay, we're going to have this, What's it got? The Free Thinkers Congressional Free Thought Caucus. So we're going to like unify under this banner instead of like maybe. There's a reason they didn't say atheist. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's pretty inclusive as far as these things go. By the way, since this came news came out on like Thursday or whatever, I have not seen any backlash to this either. Even in right wing media, I guess I don't so, understand. No, I, I, do. I would say I, I can. I don't know what they would be say. mad about. There is a prayer no, caucus be, because this is what they do, and this is what they've been doing for thirty years. Why are you 
you don't believe in a thing. Well, I don't believe in the tooth fairy. I don't make a club mm-hmm. about it. Like it's the same garbage comments because it's it's being willfully obtuse. It's it's people who are so comfortable in their in their kind of Christian dominated culture that they think being an atheist and being out, like a quote unquote out or active atheist is just being spiteful instead of taking a step back and recognizing that like as a white Christian person or even as a black Christian person, as somebody who believes in Christianity, they have a lot of privileges and mm-hmm. a lot of things are kind of catered toward them, but they refuse to see it because they don't have to. Nobody's forced them. So to them, it just seems like people being spiteful. Do you want to talk about Paul Ryan and the house chaplain? Let's do it. Um, so, so uh, actually, somebody tweeted this to me. I'd like to think I would have figured it out myself, but um, Philip at BG45 underscore uh, pho, P-H-O, if he's Vietnamese. Otherwise, it's pho, P-H-O. Have you ever had pho? No. It's Vietnamese, like a soup noodle dish. Do you? What do you do during the day? I just sit and stare at my computer. That's what I think. It's very good. We should get it sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there is... I want to be clear. I did not know there was a house chaplain until today. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a thing that's like chap my ass or anything. But there is a, um, a man who's the house chaplain. His name is Patrick Conroy. Uh, he's been in office since 2011. Um, and he is Christian or Catholic. He is Christian. He's Every Christian? single Christian. He's the 60th chaplain that we've had in the country. Really? Every single one of them is some brand of Christianity. <laughs> flavor. Uh, some flavor of Christianity. Um, and he actually, atheists have their problems with him because sure. he has allowed different religions to offer invocations. He allowed a Muslim speaker to deliver one recently. Mm-hmm. He has allowed uh, a Hindu one to speak in the past. But when an atheist with all the right credentials and a sponsor in Congress oh, requested the same thing, really, Conroy said, nope. And they tried filing a lawsuit. I think that was tossed out. But Interesting. So atheists like Freedom From Religion Foundation, not, not, his biggest fan. not fans of this guy, but that's separate from what just happened. So I feel, this is, I feel like you can draw a parallel between this and like the James Comey thing that happened, like when he got <laughs> fired, of like Democrats were no big fan of James Comey, but they didn't think he deserved to be shit-canned for no right. specific reason. I feel like a similar thing yeah, happened. Yeah, atheists wanted him to be inclusive, and right. they feel he's not inclusive, but they're, they, they didn't say he should be fired. Right. They just said, dude, open, open up your invocation policy to include people without religious faith, because right. we can also provide words of inspiration. Right. He said no. So uh, on April 15th, seemingly, from what it sounds like, out of left field, he, he resigned. Yeah. And people, were, uh, people in Congress were extremely surprised. His resignation, which, which goes to um, Speaker, of the House, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, who's Catholic, um, quote, as you have requested, I hereby offer my resignation as the 60th chaplain of the United States House of Representatives. Here's what was newsworthy about that. On the 15th, we heard he resigned. No one knew the reason, and no one knew anything. They just figured, oh, I guess he's retiring. That's what the stories were two weeks ago. And then... And now we, he, they actually got the letter. Yeah, once we got the letter, that was sort of a game changer. And because like you it, said, as you have requested. He, oh, that's some shade. Yeah, yes. Um, so immediately people were upset about it. So a bipartisan group of lawmakers um, are going to send a letter, if they haven't already, to Ryan, 
requesting additional information regarding Comey's dis- ex- ah. Conroy. Conroy. Okay, it looks the same on the page. Sure, it Look does. At, uh, uh, Conroy's dismissal. Um, it's circling letters among colleagues. So the thing among Democrats is that Ryan pushed Conroy out um, because he thought they thought he was too aligned with Democrats. Which is the dumbest thing. Which ever. is which is pretty buck wild. Although I will say. So on November 6th, which is uh, in 2017, which is when a lot of the tax garbage was happening, his invocation started with, quote, may all members be mindful that the institutions and structures of our great nation guarantee the opportunities that have allowed some, some to achieve great success while others continue to struggle. May their efforts these days guarantee that there are not winners and losers under new tax laws, but benefits and balanced and shared but benefits and balanced and shared by all Americans. Basically kind of undercutting the whole, hey, your Republicans are giving tax breaks to the rich. Not subtly. And not not subtly. subtly. Which I would argue, and I think you would too, what that statement reflects the teachings of Jesus as we understand them. Give to the poor, help the poor, not whatever the Republicans were doing. Guess who super didn't care for that hot take? (laughs) (laughs) His name is Paul Ryan. And so one reason that they think Paul Ryan wanted to get rid of the guy is that he was basically trashing their one thing that they've done. Um, which, which, in this guy's defense, like, how is he supposed to know they were only going to do one thing in 18 <laughs> months? Like, that's not his fault. But also, if you <laughs> if you read what what you just read, Jess, it's it's not slamming Republicans. No, as uh, it's or anything good like Christian that. teaching. Yeah, it's it's basically reflective of the teaching. There's another rumor that people, Republicans, the conservative Republicans, were mad that he allowed a Muslim to deliver an invocation. Mm, I saw that too. Um. We don't know what the exact reason is. The thing is, this isn't a unilateral Paul Ryan gets to decide this. No. It's supposed to go through Nancy Pelosi, too. Allegedly, she knew, this is what my quote is, she knew, she didn't object, but she, quote, made it clear that she disagreed with the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and there's speculation that some more conservative evangelical Republicans didn't like it, that the father invited a Muslim person to give an opening prayer. So... I don't know. And like me, uh, I'm really curious if Pelosi was like, I don't like this idea, but go ahead because I, you're going to get shit for this. It, and like, I am not crazy about people like quote unquote playing politics, but God, she played her cards pretty fucking well because mm-hmm. this is, I'm sorry, forcing a chaplain to resign is not a good look on any side. Right. And also, um, and that it comes from Republicans, no less. Yeah. But I get uh, so uh, John Boehner in uh, 2011 was the one who appointed uh, appointed Conroy. Apparently, um, Pelosi um, she wanted additional uh, vetting because apparently, okay, so he might be Catholic because he was le- working for a Catholic religious order, the Oregon Proven, uh, province. Yeah, he's of a the reverend, so. Jesus, and they had agreed just months earlier to pay 166 million to victims of sexual abuse going back decades. Now, to be clear, uh, there's no evidence Conroy was connected to this, nor did Pelosi imply or you know say that he was. But she did say, like, <laughs> maybe double check his papers before we <laughs> give this guy this kind of power. Um, but anyway, so so in theory, she she did exactly that. She was like, I think it's a bad idea, but yeah. do whatever you want. Just to be clear, can you imagine if no. Nancy Pelosi was the one who fired him or forced him to resign? Imagine what conservatives would be saying about that. 
like Christian persecution, oh like how God. dare you attack this religious man, whatever. But Paul Ryan did it, and he did it for pretty like partisan, irrational reasons. Uh, and so I, I don't know what the result of this is going to be. I mean, it feels, all things considered, that's going on in the country right now, it's as inconsequential as a thing can be, right? Yeah. But politically... Listen, Paul I don't know Ryan, why anyone's wasting time thinking exactly. about this thing when there are so and, many other issues. And Paul Ryan has had a rough 18 months, right? <laughs> like, he's not had a great time since since Trump won. Yeah, thoughts he's, and prayers, man. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> and he's proved himself to be spineless time and time again. And it's just weird to me that this is the thing that he's like, no, 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 this is the hill. I've I've announced my retirement. <laughs> What's, and this is the hill I'm going to die what's on. What's scary is, is if Conroy does leave and they appoint a new chaplain, given the Congress we have right now, they may very well appoint someone who is as far right, like who evangelical. Who cares? Uh, you, you will when the invocations become very pointed, like Democrats are going to hell, sort of like... All that because right now the, I'm sorry, the chaplains. If, if the Democrats we elect for office are going to be shamed out of voting for like dreamers and like benefits for like the unemployed and the needy, if they're going to be shamed out of that because somebody's shaking a finger at them from the pulpit, then like vote them out of office but anyway. I think that's standing the problem. your convictions it's, the tiniest bit. No, no, no. I think the issue is if they appoint someone who's actually like some of the evangelicals who are advising Trump where it's everyone who doesn't think the way I do is going to burn in hell. That is not what the chaplains do right now. They no, are pretty nonpartisan fucking, and you know what? There should now there shouldn't even be a chaplain. We could yes, have that discussion. Correct. They get paid by the taxpayers. It's a nice six figure salary. Behemoth. That shouldn't even be six that's figure yeah, salary. It's a I nice a cushy job. Chaplain. Yeah. But, um, so that's a separate issue, though. We shouldn't have one. If we have one, it should be one that's inclusive but of everybody. It, we don't have that. But what if we give them enough rope to hang them with? What if we give one of these, like, dip, like dipshit assholes who are going to talk shit about the LGBT community and Democrats and whatever? Which they haven't been yet. Give them enough rope to... Give them a fucking platform and be like, yeah, I hate gay people and single mothers. We know what Come happens. We know what happens when they get elected president. Fuck. Like, you, you want this guy in that position, whoever it is, to like, be as under the radar as possible. And Conroy, for the most part, you didn't hear of him before this week because he was under the radar. Yeah. Um, Paul Ryan made sure that's not the case. Let, Dude, Paul Ryan, what He's are so your bad goals? at his job. What are your... Did I, I don't know if I talked about this um, last week or a couple of weeks ago, but I was watching Maddow the night that he announced his, um, his retirement. Mm-hmm. And she, Meta has a 60-minute show. She, she spent the first 25 minutes just dunking oh, <laughs> on Paul Ryan. As she should. She, like, just, like, waltzed through his, like, storied past. And she's like, and now he's he this, was like... He's never as smart as he always was oh said my to God. be. And he used to do the thing where he was like, oh, open the book, and I can find a thing right. that, like, <laughs> I can find a place to save. And she's like... Like a budget. Show me a budget. I'll tell you what I would cut. Thank you for explaining my yeah. dumb thoughts. 
And like he did it like on live TV, like, oh, look it, here's the thing about taxes, and you s- charge two cents per tax credit. It's not a thing. No. Did I sound like anyone else? But when about? you actually but, but look at that thing. But when you look thing? at it, like, no, we needed that. And yeah. if you cut that thing, he's like, we can cut that right now. And if you cut that, you're like sacrificing five zillion dollars for. It's just. He, he is so far up his own ass, he can't see the sunlight. Yes. That's the nicest thing you could say about him. <laughs> Let me talk about the NFL, which is clearly our forte. I got in a fight with somebody on Facebook today about taco football because... What? Okay, so Hamet and I... I she said taco. <laughs> Tackle football. Going, yeah. It just a sidebar. Uh-huh. Um, so Hamet lives in Naperville. I live in Aurora. And so I, but I'm like right on the, doesn't matter. I yeah. follow Let's Talk About Naperville or whatever garbage Facebook. Why book. would you do that? Because I need catharsis. Uh This yelling into a microphone for an hour and a half a week isn't enough, apparently. Um, And so recently, Naperville, a a lot of school districts announced that they were no longer going to do tackle football for Hmm. junior high schools. They're going to do flag football instead. New flag football, which I've played flag football. I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it a great deal, and I have zero concussions. (laughs) So wait, what did this Facebook group say? Well, so people, like, jumped all over it, and there was just, we're making our kids soft, they're turning them into marshmallows, (laughs) they're going to be blah, 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 blah. No, you're preventing their brains from turning into marshmallows. (laughs) So I... Sometimes I just, like, am me, and uh-huh. I can't stop it. What did you say? Well, but somebody was like, oh, <laughs> this is why they need crying crying rooms at liberal universities or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I yes, like, I remember the crying room at my school. <laughs> and I, I just responded to him. So dumb. I said, in my day, professional football players had dementia at 30, and our and everybody's dads beat the shit out of their wives <laughs> and kids because they didn't know how to process emotions. And that's how we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kicked you out of the group. <laughs> he didn't like me. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so busy day at work and that was just like my only outlet but anyway so, so football. what's happening football. With fo- what's happening with the football uh, there's a care? draft here's why there's a draft going on second rounds now as we're talking but this is where it on? No, are you into football no, right now no no but fuck is happening hold 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 on i know a little about the sports ball uh <laughs> 10th pick in the draft went to the arizona cardinals they picked a guy named josh rosen who's the quarterback from ucla jewish fellow? why jewish fellow actually but what's interesting about Josh Rosen mm-hmm. is before he was drafted to UC, before he went to UCLA, he was a star high school player, like big recruit for any college who wanted I him. Bet he played tackle football he, in junior he high. Did he's? I don't know what he did. He was in a bunch of articles because people were writing about this kid who's like this phenom at that young age. He was an atheist <gasps> who attended this Catholic high school. Which was a little strange. I'm but sorry, that tell was, me, where was he from? Yeah, yeah, he's from California. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, but yeah, he went to a Catholic high school, and he was pretty open about his being an atheist. And when the coach, they asked his coach about that, like at the Catholic high school, is this an issue? And the coach said, we certainly welcome it. We're not just a school for Catholic boys. We're a Catholic school for all boys. <laughs> we're a Catholic boys school. I mean, it was, a, it was a decent answer. And the thing is, Rosen never refuted any of that. Sure. Um, he doesn't talk about it that much. But in college at UCLA, he was a great player. Religion never really came up. 
Um, but what's weird now is with his selection in the NFL mm-hmm. going to the Cardinals, he is now, as far as I can tell, the only open atheist in the NFL. And one of the only ones in all the professional sports, because we had Arian Foster in the NFL who came out last year, all-star uh, player, but he retired. There was Chris Cluey, who was, quote, cheerfully agnostic, who was that kicker. Um, he's no longer playing football. And, of course, there's famously Pat Tillman, who chose to go to war and died in war, who just was also an atheist. Quick sidebar. Yeah. I just got a push alert that Tom Brokaw has been accused of sexual misconduct. This is like day-old news. I just got it! Well, then I just have inside information. <sighs> Fuck off, Hammett. Okay, so, keep going. Talk about your atheist so, boy. <laughs> so Josh Rosen, as far as I can tell, is the only open atheist in the NFL. And he's Jewish. Which is also weird because you don't really see Jewish quarterbacks in the NFL, at least for so like 50 years. So he's a Jewish kid who went to a Catholic school, but he's an atheist? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think he went to the Catholic school because his, uh, uh, his uh, dad was Jewish but, and his mother was Quaker Christian. But he went to the Catholic school maybe because they had a really good football team. I was just about to say, yeah. neither of these things are Catholic. Habit. I know. So he's this mix of everything. Interesting. But... He is going to be, at least on paper, he'll probably be known as like this Jewish quarterback, which is unusual because you don't see many uh, Jewish quarterbacks, period, for like a long time. a guy is getting, uh, should be getting drafted in like the third round who only has one hand. He's a wide receiver. The story's familiar. The name is not, but. The name isn't familiar because I didn't say it because I do not know it. Yeah. Um, I, I was at a bar with some friends and my friend said his name and what he, I was like, Oh, that sounds like a cool story. I'd like to follow, but like, right. I guess he's really good. So anyway. yeah, I mean, we, we've heard of Tim Tebow in the NFL where he's all Christian all the <laughs> time. I know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what Rosen does, especially if he makes, let's say a game winning pass. And they're like, how did you know you won? What happened? And then he kneels. And then he doesn't say, I'm going to thank God for this. That'll <gasps> be interesting. Do you think he does hail Mary passes? That's a pretty good joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my work here is done. <laughs> Evan doesn't usually like his own jokes that much. Um, do, do you want to talk about sex ed or... Let's do sex ed because I think I have a different sex ed story. Oh, are we going to do a sex ed theme? Let's do it. So this actually isn't um, necessarily religiously founded from what I can tell, but... Apparently in Austin, there are some parents protesting sex education um, for their kids. So um, Austin parents went, this is, I think, today, but who knows? This week. uh, You remember that activist mommy who wanted, like, who was angry about a Cosmo article online about... Explain my face. uh, Yeah, it's, it's not happy. You're giving me a look, which I imagine is directed at Elizabeth Johnson. No, it's directed at you. Yeah, that fucking read the room. Yeah, so she's the one who was angry that she Cosmo read an article about anal sex. Austin thing. Now she wanted to do this thing called sex ed sit out. Yeah, which I didn't realize she was behind it. Oh, she's behind it because educating children goes against all of her urges and impulses. Uh, so the sex ed sit out uh, from the group is quote a grassroots movement of frustrated public school <clears throat> parents who want to end the sexualization of their children during class time. Um. Carol, Carol, C A R Y L, Carol. Okay, I don't know who that is. Well, I mean, have you? I'm just trying to get a pronunciation, my friend. Carol. Ayla, A Y 
A L A. I this Whatever. is too much of a name. Uh, we need. She said we need to alert parents about what's going on in their schools, teaching a child that they're sexual in nature. And when that happens, they start to engage sooner in sexual activities. These people think if you teach hey, them that hey, gay Hammett, people exist... What do you think that's based on? Do you think it's zero things? Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example of what they're talking about. This is the thing I wanted to mention, because this is what Elizabeth Johnson was whining about on Facebook. Uh-huh. She posted a picture of an assignment at a public school, um, I think in Indiana. Here's, here's what the assignment asked kids to do. Define, they listed vaginal sex, anal sex, oral sex... Define those things because they're different. What age? Um, high school. And high school? Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's high school. Uh, and the kid wrote down answers that, whatever, maybe good answers, maybe bad answers. But the point is, these are different. They come with their own sets of risks and rewards. Uh-huh. And you should know what the difference is. We're not saying one type is good and that you should engage in it. They were saying you should know the difference between these things. Because it exists. That's what the assignment said. The assignment also said, I'm going to read the question from the assignment. Each year in the United States, 800 to 900,000 teenage girls become pregnant. Four out of every 10 in the United States become pregnant at least once before age 20. When a teenage girl finds out she's pregnant, what are her options? And the child, in this case, the student wrote down, keep the baby, Mm -hmm. give it up for adoption, abort. We can talk about how you answer that, but okay, those are three, those are three viable options, options, viable options. Elizabeth Johnson circled the word abort, and then she's like, this school is teaching kids to have abortions. What'd she say specifically? Oh, what she said is this high school thinks kids benefit from learning how to sodomize each other and kill their babies. Wow. No, no, I just read you the question. They did not say, what should this girl do? They said, what are the options available to her? Abortion is an option available to her. The school has no business, or, nor are they saying she should go have that option. Yeah. She should go do that. That's not what they said. Nor did they say, hey, kids, don't have vaginal sex, have oral sex. They didn't do that. They said, these things exist. We want you to define them so we know, like, do you know what they are? Right. Because, for example, and do you know- we've all heard the jokes about, like, there are some kids who claim they are abstinent, but they're having like <laughs> anal sex instead. There's that hollow notes song, like the loophole, which is all about like. Did you say hollow notes? Yeah. No. Did you mean Garfunkel and Oates? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Garfunkel and Oates have this song called The Loophole, which is all about like you could still be a virgin, just do it from behind yeah, or whatever. I do not recommend Garfunkel yeah, and Oates. They're more. fantastic. But the point is like that's risky behavior. And that's not like quote unquote better than, than like that doesn't make you, oh, you're a virgin, yeah, but you did I, that way. Like you have to know what this stuff is because there are risks associated with them. With all of them. And, and with all of them. And you need to know how to protect yourself in the various situations. Okay. This isn't a judgment call and elizabeth johnson and all these other idiot parents who are like sex ed is bad their mistake is that they think teaching kids about this stuff is an endorsement of this stuff and it's not i also want to spin off more than that um that uh so so this woman said in fifth grade they do someone blah 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 um, talking about the body, how you're changing, which is all fine and good, but I really do believe that parents should be the one doing that. Um, 
And yeah, I'm sure those parents are eager to have the oral sex conversation with their kids. So, um, and their kids are excited to hear about it from their parents. So Melissa uh, Carnegie, Carnegie said, uh, as a sex educate, as a such sex educator who teaches in local charter schools at the middle and high school level level, I see every day the positive effects that comprehensive sex ed curriculums have on preparing youth to make informed choices about their bodies. Um, Corey uh, Tabor said, uh, we live in a society where a lot of parents don't know what to tell their kids about sex. Uh, Further, while we understand that conversations about sex can be uncomfortable for parents, we know that most parents... Um, aren't having open and honest conversations about sex with their kids. As such, it has to happen somewhere, and schools are the log- logical choice. So this mm-hmm. is something I want to talk about in in a couple of different sort of facets. Um, as a former junior high teen person myself, I can tell you that the last person I wanted to talk about sex with were my parents. Yeah. I like my mom tried to give me the sex talk after we saw the movie now and then. <laughs> and I literally yelled until she stopped talking because I wanted nothing to do with Fingers it. Fingers we in your ears. Uh-huh. La, 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 did la. you did you go to Robert Crown Center as a kid? Uh, I did not, but I know what you're talking. It's the place where they sent all of our local kids. Yes. To learn about 100%. sex. Yeah. So, and yeah. it was the fucking best. Like I learned about <laughs> periods. I learned about like all kinds of shit. And it was from somebody I'd never met before and right. never had to look look at or talk to again. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I was so so that's one thing is that yes, in theory it's the parents quote unquote responsibility, but there are two sides to that equation. And one so it takes a parent who is emotionally equipped to talk about that with their kid and takes a kid who is emotionally equipped to hear that from their parents. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that's like a one in a million opportunity. The other thing is um and this <clears throat> is, is is a little more hits home a little more to me. Uh, so I a, a friend of mine who I worked with um, basically came to me and said she. So I God, we were mid twenties, mid to late twenties, um, and she came to me and she was like, oh, "My period's late. What's going on?" And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. There's something about me that people come to me when they think they're pregnant or if they (laughs) want to talk about their abortions. I don't know what it is. I am happy to be that person. It's just a a, a quality I have. But anyway, and this will stay with me for the rest of my life. And I've probably talked about it on this podcast before, but she she came to me and she's like, my period's late. This is what's happening. And I'm afraid I'm pregnant. I was like, you're definitely not pregnant because you've probably made great choices. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's go to the jewel nearby and we'll we'll get a pregnancy test. And so we're walking over there, and I said, "Well, what? You know, she's dating somebody. What birth control are you on?" She was like, "I'm not on birth control." And I was like, "Do you use condoms?" And she's like, "No, but I pee after we have sex." Oh, there you go. And that was the, <laughs> God, the moment that I was like, okay, she's definitely pregnant. So I, I didn't say that to her, but I was like, I, we need to like figure out our next steps right this second. So like, God, it's, I mean, we were in our mid twenties. We should have had better choices than this, but we definitely like bought a pregnancy test and she went into Starbucks bathroom to like take it. And we walked, like I called in sick for the rest of the day. I we she decided that she definitely did not by the way she was pregnant did i need to no make i that was clear? assuming yeah um you're telling me the peeing didn't like 
get rid of whatever it didn't. happened. Yeah. Um, and we walked to the Planned Parenthood, and I sat in the waiting room while she talked to the doctor, like or you know the yeah. nurse practitioner or whatever, like a, <laughs> a good ba- baby daddy, I guess. Um, but 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 all that's to say that this 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 woman who who I she had no idea how to with, protect herself because nobody fucking told her, and mm-hmm. that's and like. Yes, there. Everybody made bad choices involved in that. Like there were better choices that definitely should have been made. But she, when she told me that she peed after sex, it was her sincere. Like, yeah, that's that's it. So, so maybe. I had a friend in college who gave classes, went to classes, school to school, delivered sex ed talks. She was the stranger who you could hear it from because you never had to face her again. Enjoy. And they did a Q&A. It was anonymous. And I think, like, you write down your question. She'll read the questions from a bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of them literally said, I heard uh, the phrase bust a nut. And the question from the kid was, does that mean it can only happen twice? Oh, no. Part of it was kind of funny. Part it's, of it was, oh my so god, funny, you have but it's no also idea. Deeply not funny. Yeah, because you don't know. But she set them straight, but she's like, but that's the thing. Uh, there's like, so much misinformation out there, because, and the kids who are getting this information from each other mm-hmm. aren't necessarily. Oh the best my people. god, can I tell? <laughs> and getting it from a parent who has ten children is probably also not the best birth control idea to get advice okay, from about that. That's stuff. super fair, but also, I don't know. I, I just. I, I I really do. I try to, I do my best to be really sympathetic and empathetic to people who feel like their rights are being sort of infringed upon. And I, and I really do try to, to put myself in their shoes and think like, if it were me, if I had a kid, would I, how would I react to this? And I will tell you right fucking now, I have zero human children, but if somebody talked to my dog about how to get pregnant, I'd be like, you take care of that. I'll be over here and we'll like get drunk when she's 30 and joke about it. Like, I don't want to, A, I don't want to have that and B, like. These parents have no idea what their kids are talking about in school outside of sex These parents have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) Just because you successfully raised a human child to puberty. Well, I I think their mindset mindset is if you teach kids about sex, they will want to have sex. That is literally As if that's the reason it'll happen. Yeah. And no other reason. And that if you don't tell them about this stuff, they'll yeah, be abstinent forever. That's how the cavemen procreated, is their sex ed program right. was so prolific. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, if in driver's ed, they teach you to wear a seatbelt, but, you know, that just encourages kids to crash. It's, it's just, I don't know. These it, parents it really aren't really me. mad about the sex. They're mad about education. They don't want their kids knowing about the stuff. It's a control thing, which, again, And you go I'm, to any public school in this country and you ask these kids, have you heard of this stuff? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. The problem is they don't always know it accurately or what it actually is or how to protect yourself in situations. Yeah. And nobody is saying you should have sex. If you want to be abstinent until marriage, that's fine. That's your business. That And that is what these classes teach too. Yeah. That it's not a judgment thing. It's not that these are good ideas or bad ideas. Mm-hmm. It's that you've got to know what you're talking about. That way... For whoever makes those decisions, you know how to protect yourself. Yeah. And these parents are mad that their kids are learning about this stuff. It's the same mindset that says, like, I don't want to give 
my daughter or like an HPV vaccine because that only makes her promiscuous oh, or something. No, I can't be started in that. Okay, but I like I want to have like some like hashtag real talk. So uh, you're a parent of human children. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are things that you feel like you have the right to withhold from your children? Until you deem, like, at what point? I guess my question is: I At what point I does c- your does your right over the education of your children end? And I'm trying st- to think of anything that be- they could possibly learn that I would be mad that they have knowledge of it. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I I can't think of a single thing that would make me anywhere close to as mad as these parents are about their kids learning sex ed. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what that would be. Maybe if they went to, like, Sunday school and someone taught them they're going to hell if they don't believe, that would make me mad. Yeah. But I can talk them out of that one. <laughs> it's But at a public school where they're not telling you, like, what to believe or whatever, what? No, I'm not afraid of knowledge. Yeah. Why would I want my kids to remain ignorant about this stuff? Yeah. That seems like the worst possible parenting decision. Yeah, and I can say as as... A young girl, you know, a girl and a young woman going through puberty. I'm. I was super grateful that I had the Robert Crown Center because mm-hmm. my, this is not a fucking dig on my parents. Parenting is hard and mm-hmm. the worst, but I learned more about like my period and what that is and how to deal with it through that than through anything else. And <laughs> like thing that I did because what are the like if you. If your parent, so these people are like, it's the parent's job to do X. If your parent, if you're a girl, if you're a 14 year old girl and your mom, or maybe you don't have a mom and you just have a dad or you, whatever, like, and you get your period for the first time, you think you're going to die because <laughs> you're bleeding. Yeah. Like kids just, kids can be idiots and they can be absurd humans that's sort of their whole job we've been but pretty good des- so far about just telling the we have a th- almost three-year-old yeah. it's just like these are your body parts you should know what they are do you are you into the um like call that call it the actual body part yes. instead of are you yeah have you ever run into like people being weird about it I don't talk to other people, so no. Oh, I forget. You yeah. know, I forget about that. But it's like if you're changing her diaper or something, mm-hmm. she's like, this is this part of my, like, this is my vagina. Yes, now shut up and just change your <laughs> diaper so you can go back to. But yeah, that is good. We're in the shower or whatever. Like, yeah. did you, did you like wash yourself everywhere? What parts, you know, did you wash all the parts that you need to wash? Whatever. Okay, good. Fine. Move on now. Is being a parent super hard? What depends what not that, you know what I mean? Like that I haven't encountered the emotional type of hardness. Mm. It's more like the, oh, I was telling Jess before we started recording, like that child was screaming very loudly about who knows what. And now I'm like half deaf. Hammond thinks he has a hearing loss because of that. It hurts. Listen, I also have hearing loss because my husband really likes punk rock shows. So like we all (laughs) deal with our shit. I know, because I think, about, like, we're kind of on the verge of thinking about having kids. And, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, what an amazing experience that would be. But sometimes I'm like, it just sounds hard and awful. It's, yeah, parts <laughs> of it. I mean, it's fine. The good stuff is good. The bad stuff is like, oh, God, I want my life back. Yeah. 
side note. I'm sorry, cheap as if plug. you had a life before. No, I, exactly. Uh, cheap plug. But Seth Andrews, who does the Thinking Atheist podcast, uh-huh. actually had a really, really good episode that you should check out this week. <laughs> he had a really, really good kid. <laughs> had a good episode this week. <laughs> We're not sorry. deleting that. Um, and it was about people who choose not to have children uh-huh. and how they're fine with it and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I listen to that. I'm like, I see their point. <laughs> not bad. Oh, right. I love my kids. you say. Yeah, right. What's that like? <laughs> time. That's <laughs> sleep time. I miss those things. But other than that, oh, man. Um, let me bring up this thing that happened in Tennessee um, it's the Claiborne Board of Education. It's in Northeast Tennessee. They must be like looking for a lawsuit because a couple months ago they decided they were going to have a new school holiday, uh, not a day off of school, oh, but they were going to celebrate it. And it was going to be Billy Graham Day. They want to celebrate the life of the famous evangelist <laughs> on his birthday, <laughs> November 7th. <laughs> yeah. Why is a so the question is why is a public school <laughs> celebrating Billy Graham's birthday? <laughs> I I would Here's the thing. They, when you set things up like that, I I sincerely like, <laughs> like run through my head of like okay, what, here, what are the things that happen because he's not going to catch me this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's glorious. So they actually went ahead and said, yep, this is a new thing now. Then a month later, their lawyer's like, no, no it doesn't. You can't do super that. super isn't a thing. And the reason is, yeah, he's famous, but there's only one reason he's famous. It's for being a Christian. It's well, for evangelizing. You're it's, famous. Do you deserve a day off? And I do, actually. Oh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> just me. Sorry, I deserve a day off is all I'm getting at because <laughs> I haven't slept in a week. But... Uh, they Poor Hammond t- has been living in his in-laws for like four <laughs> months. He's really... One he's day like, I'll have my house back. Yeah, his house exploded <laughs> or something. But yeah, so they said, Billy Graham, like, the lawyer said you can't do this. Because, again, Martin Luther King Jr., yeah, he was a reverend. But, like, he's known for civil uh, rights, you know? People are like, yeah, I went to his <laughs> church service and it was really fucking dope. Right. Like, that's not right. why we don't... We okay. honor him because he did something for everybody. Billy Graham is famous to Christians, and if you're not a Christian, he's not really your guy. And he didn't do shit for and you. by the way, he kind of dabbled in anti-Semitism, too. So, like, oh, whatever. He? Yeah. Uh, talking to Richard Nixon, like, slant, trashing Jews, oh, whatever. Oh, Oh, because we talked about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franklin, so like, Franklin... Yeah, yeah, Billy Graham, like, doesn't deserve a school holiday, even if you're just celebrating him. So, they deci- they discuss if this. If Billy Graham gets a holiday, then Illinois people get Cashmere Pulaski Day back. <laughs> <laughs> because Polish question mark. I, I could not tell you what the significance... Did, but we did Ka- get the day off for Cashmere yeah, Pulaski Day. Cashmere Pulaski Day... I know, I honestly... No I one ever ju- knew what it was for. You no, just took the day the off. No, but we got the fucking day yeah. off in maybe September, question Something. mark. And then at some point, <laughs> at some point, Illinois, when I was like in junior high, Illinois, I was like, you guys need to go to school more. And we're like, but we <laughs> love Casimir Pulaski. He means so much to us. Our, we all ate cabbage. Yes, sure we did. Uh, I don't know. My in-laws are Polish. I should be better about <laughs> naming Polish foods. So the, here's the good thing. They, the lawyer talked to them. They said, well, we'll discuss this at a meeting. They discussed this at a meeting. How do they justify it? Uh, I don't know. But the one board member who pitched the idea Mm. said at this newer meeting, his name is Justin Cosby, 
Yep, that's his name. He said he was in contact with four attorneys and, quote, they basically said as long as we're not enforcing a religion, if we're just recognizing him, teaching about him through the, through the historical lens, that would be acceptable. There is no historical lens. He didn't do anything other than preach. And that's the only thing that, we, that anyone cares about when it comes to Billy Graham. So, like, no, there's no reason to have this thing. So if they end up keeping this holiday in their calendar, you can bet this is going to be a lawsuit waiting to happen. By the way, at least the other board members who might have just casually said, like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, even they started questioning this thing. One of them asked, hey, would an atheist or agnostic be recognized in the school setting like this? And the lawyer said, no, because it's there's a religious aspect tied to that person. So no, but, you're not okay. recognizing Richard Dawkins' day, well, even though he has contributed to science. But like, okay, no, you don't do that. And another is, one, another one said, this is my favorite. If we allow it? this, uh, Billy Graham Day, if we allow this, the next board that's elected, let's say they're not Christians, and they say, we want to have Muhammad Day. What can we do if we say this is okay? Can we say that's not? That guy's reasonable as fuck. What's yeah, his name? Uh, her name. Her. How dare you sexist Okay, Vice Chair okay. Shannon England. <laughs> All right. Um, Pump the fucking brakes, Hammett. <laughs> but the lawyer said... Sharon England, she said? Sharon uh, England. And England. the lawyer said, yeah, if you allow Billy Graham Day, anyone could reasonably propose yeah, Muhammad Day, too. Do. That's how this works. Um, they could point to that. And if you say no to that, they could point to it and probably be successful in, lit- in litigation. So whatever. Here's where we're at right now. <laughs> they ha- they're discussing it. They haven't made a final decision. It was tabled until May. But for now, Billy Graham Day is still on the books in the Claiborne School District. Um, but if they want to avoid a lawsuit, they'll rescind it. So. This is stupid. I hate it. I'm very mad about it. <laughs> that made me cranky. Do you want a happier story? Yeah, I've got two more stories. All right. Here's a happier story. Yeah. Uh, GQ wrote. <laughs> okay. An, I know. <laughs> They published the an article. Everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> they published an article where they were all about twenty-one books you don't have to read, even oh, though they're famous books. And God. here's some alternatives. One of them that one of the editors recommended: the Bible. You don't have to read it. Oh, really? Yeah. Here's here's what uh, Jesse Ball wrote: the Holy Bible is rated very highly by all the people who supposedly live by it, <gasps> but who in actuality have not read it. Those who have read it. <gasps> Know that there are some good parts, but overall, it's certainly not the finest thing that man has ever produced. It's repetitive, self-contradictory. <laughs> um, he said sententious, whatever. What Foolish. does sententious I don't mean? know. I'm not GQ. <laughs> Foolish and at times ill-intentioned. Um, and he recommended people read uh, a 1986 novel by Agatha Kristoff called The Notebook. I don't know what that's about. But okay. So where they all uh, people die together. No. Uh, so anyway, he, he said that. There were other recommendations on the list, too. That is He's right. If you're looking for great literature, the Bible's not great literature. It has allusions you should know. Like you should know the Garden of Eden because people mm. make reference to it. There's a lot of stories in the Bible like that. Mm. But you don't have to read the Bible. You could read, like, the abridged, here's you the stories you got to know. Jesus Christ, Superstar, yes. or watch Justin, the Amazing Technical, or Dreamcoat. So They're both excellent. Naturally, conservatives are furious about this. Uh, Father Jonathan Morris yeah, on Fox cool News. Yeah, conservatives don't subscribe to GQ. The Chiron on Fox News that GQ is the Bi- is Bible most overrated book of all time. 
That's literally not what the article was about or said. That's what its heart said. Um, Morris also said, you know, GQ says the Bible should be digitally burned, which doesn't sound like a very hip thing. They didn't say burn it. I'm sorry. What? Digitally burned? Yeah. Franklin Graham was like, maybe the GQ editors need to read it again. Because uh, one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Uh-huh. Um, one person on Twitter uh, who got a lot of retweets, I think, said the Bible is the all-time bestseller, the most reprinted book ever, which is true. And also, who cares? Because that's the whole point of the article was you don't have to read it. Well, yeah, and like the Da Vinci Code sold really well. It's not a good... I actually, you know what's sad? Vinci I like, I know, I, I really I like, like that, that book. one, too. I know. It's it's a fun... The point is, GQ's right. It's not great literature. No one needs to sit down and read it. You will get so bored trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, and I will I will say that I think he makes a good point. So as I was a literature major, and I uh, when I was going to the Ball State University... Uh, Next to your crying room? <laughs> David Letterman and I have a lot in common. Oh, yeah. that we both went <laughs> to the Ball State University. But... Uh, so, at, but I mean, specifically as a literature major, there were definitely moments that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> I never read the Bible growing up. And mm. so I it, I just didn't get the allusions to it. I figured And you should, it, and you want I to. I figured it out. Yeah. Like, I, I get the Bible and it. I mean, I don't know all of the stories, but like in general, I can figure out the you know, what what the references are. Again, thank you, Andrew Lloyd Webber, yeah. for everything <laughs> you've done. Um but my very specific and niche experience aside, no, you don't need to read the Bible. And I would, I, I think I would agree with this dude that like most people who quote unquote live by the Bible don't read it. And that's not, I, I, I try to be, I, I like to be very clear about my opinions on this. I think that most people who live by the Bible don't haven't read the Bible, not because they're stupid or ignorant or whatever, but because a the Bible is boring as fuck, and b the vast majority of it is not applicable to anything that we see today, and like the big like moral swaths that we see tend to be from Jesus, and they don't listen to that shit anyway. <laughs> they want to cut welfare, so like you can. If you just cherry pick like everybody else does yeah. or read it and be like, oh, man, a lot of rape happened, huh? <laughs> if you want to, there's nothing you can read in the Bible that you can't also get from another source that's just telling you here's the mm-hmm. story. Um, it's interesting because you hear a lot of stuff you probably won't hear in church. Correct. But you don't have to read it, which is no. the whole point of that and article. Who is it that said, like, the easiest way to make somebody an atheist is to have them read the Bible? Uh, many people have, but, yeah, I don't know who the source is, but yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I, I talked earlier about how I was arguing with strangers on Facebook, and my friend Anne, who's been on this podcast, is like, how's your blood pressure? And I'm like, it's fine. It really doesn't bug me. I will say reading this article, oof, it was rough. Um, so this happened in Oklahoma and they passed a bill, uh, according to this yesterday. So today's Friday, the 27th, uh, God, it's 1030. It's past your bedtime, Hammett. It really is. So they passed a bill yesterday that would allow adoption and foster care agencies to discriminate against parents 
who live lives that violate, quote, the sincerely held religious beliefs of the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we've, we've seen, this is not new, right? We've, we've seen this before. And are these taxpayer-funded adoption agencies? Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he... So it's it's called the Adoption Prote- Protection. What I wrote was, it's called the, the Adoption Protection Act because words don't mean anything anymore. Um, and here's the thing that made me like my head almost explode in my cubicle today. So supporters of this bill, so people who say that these adoption agencies should be able to to discriminate as they see fit, they stressed that the state's foster care system is quote overloaded. While most people would think that this is an argument in favor of right. maximi- maximizing the number of available parents to take children in, supporters say that religious agencies will take their ball and go home instead of placing kids in decent homes that violate the agency's religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. So essentially what they're saying is if these agencies allow kids to go home with gay couples or whatever, or God, fucking single couple, uh, mm-hmm. single couples is single not a people. Word. Yeah, they would rather shut down their fucking agency and let these kids scramble than put them in with a qualified gay couple. And f- like, this has been going on for a while. This yeah, isn't this new. Isn't it's new just news, frustrating that it's still it's, happening. Yeah, and it's and and it's still happening. To- <laughs> 2018. And what I don't get is why they are allowed to get federal funding. Because if they say we're going to like pack up and go home, if we're not getting, if the federal funding is contingent on them not discriminating, mm-hmm. they're like, no, we're going to go home. Then obviously you didn't really care about these kids to begin That's with. That's the thing. Because um, they're, they have no problem giving them to straight parents who may have a lot of other issues. Maybe they got divorced and now they're yeah, together. Like, or let's maybe... not pretend that every straight couple is like fucking golden, right? right. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I find it so upset. I feel like it, it's part of this really cyclical argument that we, that we tend to have with, with people who tend to be conservative, especially when we talk about women who are pregnant and don't want to be and don't want to raise a kid and it's like oh give it up for adoption like as if <laughs> as if that's guaranteeing a good life for that kid as if these i don't know i just and it doesn't it, even so as you're saying if you're put into this with this like religious adoption agency there's not necessarily any guarantee you're going to be with a family that cares about you they they care about your religion they don't yeah. care about you necessarily um they shouldn't get federal funding or state funding. Yeah. That's it. If you want to discriminate and if you want to be bigots and make sure your kids only go to certain homes, then you shouldn't be getting state money to do it with, taxpayer mm-hmm. money to do it with. Um, that's the problem for me. If they want to have a private adoption agency where they want to discriminate, that's one thing. It is ridiculous that they get any taxpayer funding just tell gay parents you don't have a right to these kids because you wouldn't make good parents because Jesus said so or whatever bullshit they're coming up with. Yeah, like as if, I don't know, it, it's just so, it it feels mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels vindictive. And I wonder what's going through their heads when they're seriously thinking, I'd rather these kids not have a home than have a home with gay parents. 
Or even like how messed up as, does your mind have again, to be? Again, as if straight parents are all so fucking great. Nobody's ever had like an abusive parent in a straight family home. Like uh, it's just it's it's inconscionable to me. Yeah. Um, Troy Stevenson. Um, I want to name check. He's the executive director of uh, Freedom Oklahoma. He said that the bill is discriminatory and harmful to youth and completely unnecessary. Um, Here's a cool guy, Father Brian uh, Scheiber or Schieber, S C H I E B E R G R E I F Schieber. Um, this is what he said during the opening prayer in the Oklahoma House yesterday. "Quote: Touch the hearts of our lawmakers with the wisdom and courage to uphold conscious right, uh, conscious rights, and religious liberties for all. Protect all people from being forced to violate their moral and religious convictions," which. Is garbage top to bottom. It's yeah. garbage toe to tip. But like nobody cares about these kids' religious beliefs. Oh no. Right? No, as long as they're not under gay parents or something. Because, you know, only bad things will happen then. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. I have one more thing. Do you have anything else? Uh sure. Let me bring up one more, which is that if what's the easiest TV station for Donald Trump to do an interview on? Fox News. Fox News. Wrong. Fox. Yes, according to Ruth Graham in a piece for Politico, she says there's actually a station that gets more interviews with him that's less hard-hitting than what you see on Fox <laughs> News. I'm sorry. And it's basically, less hard-hitting? Yeah, it's basically the people at the Christian Broadcasting Network or Trinity Broadcasting really? Network. All the Christian TV stations. Have they ever asked him a single question about the Bible? Uh not anymore, because I think they know it'll embarrass himself. <laughs> but we're talking like David Brody, who's from CBN. Um, like, he, they get more interviews with Trump, mm -hmm. and they are more softball interviews than anything else. And he loves going to them, because you get to talk to the base without, one, without even any of the criticism you might get from Fox News, any pushback. Oh, and well. two, um, you can do it, and most people aren't even paying attention. Because who watches, you know, the 700 then what's Club? what's the point? Uh, because the base will know. The base will pay attention. But the critics, but the people... But you nobody watches Like it. Stephen Colbert, if to make fun of him, is not going to watch the Christian Broadcasting Network. Oh, probably. I see what you like, mean. Like, if you talk about Pat Robertson, it's because Pat Robertson said something stupid. Mm -hmm. It's not because their news division happened to do anything. And they're not asking him anything controversial, so it probably wouldn't make news. Okay. So if he wants to talk to his real base, those 80% mm. of white evangelicals who vote for him, mm. he has a place to do that. That's not Fox News. Just FYI. Interesting article. We'll have a link to it. But uh, it's the whole article, the whole point of the article is that there's this whole other world that Trump can go to where he's not challenged. He can talk to the base and it's not Fox. Man, okay, so... Uh, I know. So I am a big supporter and big fan of Barack Obama, right? Can you imagine your Barack Obama, right? Like, so say you're a big fan of Donald Trump or whatever, but he says shitty things all the time, and he doesn't per like. It's like if Barack Obama was like, oh, I'm super liberal vis-a-vis -vis trans rights, but he, like, dead names people mm -hmm. or, like, misgenders people all the time. Like, you would definitely be like, well, it feels insincere. Yeah. Right? 
So right. why? I guess why? I guess why? Because he question. gives them the lip service they want. He gives them the judges they want. They do not care that he doesn't speak with absolute sincerity. If I want Christian people to have a Christian person represent their mm-hmm. their interests and their rights, right? I think some of them do too, and they know Donald Trump isn't it. But the ones who care more about power in the name of Jesus, because yeah. that's what they talk about, they don't actually care how much he knows. He, they just want the goals. They want the results. Two Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> He's God, if somebody tries to quote a Bible verse and I'm like, girl, that's not right. Like, you've <laughs> done fucked up. Um, my my last thing I want to talk about is, and, and it's from being liberal. It's not necessarily, it's just sort of a thought piece. Um, so in the last month and a half or so or two months, there have been a couple domestic terror attacks. Um, so we've got um, the 29-year-old white guy who uh, shot up a Tennessee Waffle House, uh, killed four. In March, um, a 23-year-old white male from Texas, he bombed the, ho- the homes of some prominent black families in Austin. Um, and a 28-year-old white man from Wisconsin, he fucked himself up um, making a homemade bomb uh uh, he he fucked up. <clears throat> so these are three white men. These are three white men. They're twenties. Um, these are three crimes that were very likely racially motivated. Um, there's a couple that were more sure than others, but but in general, they seem to be pretty racially motivated. Um, and what I think is very interesting is these particular guys were all homeschooled and they were all raised by conservative Christians. Um, so we can't call them terrorists. No, no. They're haven't. not, they're not my common people. They don't look like you. How yes. can they be terrorists? Um, the, uh, the Waffle House shooter, uh, mom specifically homeschooled him because she thought that school shootings were a problem because of a lack of prayer. Yeah, she posted that meme on Facebook, I think, a few years earlier. Yeah, and so, and this is, uh, again, this is, like, from being liberal, this is a very, like, it's not necessarily based in, it's just something that's worth thinking about. Like, if, when people who are Christian, who are running the country, talk about themselves as if they're this, like, like, moral authority of any way, there's nothing that supports that. And I think that it would do us all a lot of good to be firmer about that, to say, especially in things like this, when we talk about what is terrorism and what, what isn't, maybe if we spoke out more and said, yeah, these guys weren't what we think of as terrorists, they weren't Middle Eastern, they weren't immigrants, they didn't have long beards or whatever, but they were terrorizing American citizens. And I'm, so, I'm sorry that people don't care about them because they're brown, but that's what a terrorist is. They, mm-hmm. anyway, they instill I, fear in people. And that's in the last six fucking weeks. So I don't know. It's worth thinking about. Um, obviously, we're, we... As a brown person, I know. <laughs> I, have I told because, this? Because every time this stuff happens... Um, it's something I see on my Facebook wall and social media stuff a lot, which is 
the the media reaction to these stories. It's mm. always mental illness. It's always the guy was unhinged doesn't or whatever him, it was. But it wasn't insane. terrorism. It's frustrating because, yeah, you know, if it's someone who looked like me, it's like we know the conclusions they would jump to. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all aware of that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's frustrating. And I know whenever we see it and we always it's it's to the point where when this stuff happens, I know to look for those links like his parents must have raised him religiously. He was probably homeschooled. Like, I know to look for that stuff because it's so common. Not, but that's not what we as a society, as an American people, call right. terrorism. Right. Because we don't see that the Oklahoma City bombing as extremist terrorists. No, even though it was like a one-off crazy guy. Was. Right. I don't know. It. I find it extraordinarily frustrating and, and, and frankly, scary because... <laughs> white dudes think they are the shit and they think they get whatever they want. I don't know. I, I it's fine. Um, I think that Did is. Did you have a happy thing? Well, no, I have listener mail. Oh, you do. I Go do have on. Listener mail. I can't believe you wanted to do a happy thing. You hate happiness. I'm just wrapping up. <laughs> listener mail. Hello, Jess and Hammett. Nice work. Mitchell getting my name first. Uh, my name is Mitchell. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Look forward to the says very nice things about us. I grew up going to non-denominational church. I'm new to being an atheist, and this podcast has given me news about religion that I didn't think I needed. I can't say how much I love listening, and I just wanted to say how appreciative I am of your content. Thanks. That's very. That means a lot to me because a lot of people say very mean things about <laughs> just me. Are you sure? Are you sure, Hammond? It's just you. (laughs) Are you sure? Anyway, for my question, I'm currently living in Ohio for my service year uh, as an AmeriCorps member. Good for you, Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Uh, My aunt and cousin are coming. Aunt? Do you say aunt or aunt? Auntie. It's a brown thing. Brown thing? Mm -hmm. I say aunt because I'm a white girl from Mm -hmm. the Midwest. My aunt and cousin are coming down to visit me at the end of May. They are very, very religious, and I don't, and they don't, I don't think they know that I'm an atheist. But when they visit, they want to go to the Ark Encounter, <laughs> scare quotes museum. <laughs> and because of your commentary, I agreed to do it for shits and giggles. And he doesn't have to pay the forty dollars, Mitchell. You're nailing this. Uh, but I was wondering if I should look into the actual science and explain the truth to them, or just keep it to myself. If I were to, quote, ruin their experience, (laughs) it wouldn't change our relationship, but I just want them to see uh, what they believe in compared to what has been scientifically proven to be true. Thanks for reading, Mitchell. P.S. Jess, I love your swearing. Hammond, I I expect a full podcast review. We need to figure out Star Wars, my dude. We're doing that soon. It'll get me out of the house. I'm very looking forward to it. That's bullshit because neither you nor I have anything going on in our lives. So the fact that it's taken us three (laughs) weeks to get together to watch a movie. It's working. So (laughs) what do you... Here's what I I would do in that situation. this is actually a super interesting question. So if you go to Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum, should you point out all the problems to your religious relatives? Here's what I would do. If if I were going to Ark Encounter or something... Throw a softball early on when you see something. Uh-huh. Just be like, well, this doesn't make any sense because A, B, and C. See what the reaction is. And if they find that interesting or annoying or they glare at you. <laughs> and if they're like, oh, that's a good point. They couldn't have all shat on the arc like that. <laughs> then keep going. 
Like, point out the problems, because there's a million of them. You know those, like, how many mistakes can you find in this picture? That's the <laughs> whole museum. But so point out a one or two, gauge the reaction, go from there. And if they don't want to, if they don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. then just make mental notes of all of this stuff. Because I, I have said this before, I think if you're an atheist and you go to any of these things, or if you have to go to church, you're going to be better off being a, a, an advocate for reason or atheism or whatever, if you know what you're talking about and not just speaking like in generalities. So if you could say, I'm okay. If you, I think if you go to Ark Encounter, you go to the Creation Museum and you get a chance to go inside and see the BS for yourself. Mm. And you could say like, here's what's good about it. Here's where it goes wrong. Here's why it's wrong. That's powerful. That's good information to have for you. And if anyone else wants to hear it, fine. Mm -hmm. But do it. Go there for yourself. Go there because so you are aware of how what much, they're saying. Yeah, what they're saying, how much money was poured into that place. That's yeah, it. That's a lot. Hammett, what's your happy thing, buddy? Um I finally did something I've been trying to do for like two years. Sleep a full night. No, that hasn't <laughs> happened. I submitted a crossword puzzle to the New York Times. No. Yeah. Finally finished it, wrote it, did the clues, sent it off. My guess is they're going to send me like a college rejection letter. Um, I, mean, I had no idea you were I, doing I this. do it every night like before I go to bed anyway. No, I know you like, like do the crossword yeah. puzzle, but I didn't know you created your own. Try to. We'll see if it's any good. Will you send it to me if it gets sure. rejected? Done. So, you know, we've talked about this, but I, I have a group. Of, it's like me, my brother... And two of my friends, one of whom is the guy who, like, married me and my husband okay. and his wife, who were all very close friends. We do the um, the mini crossword puzzle oh, yeah. every day yeah. on... And it's always, like, 45 seconds, 48 seconds. Yeah. And Colleen <laughs> is, like, annoyingly good, and I don't appreciate <laughs> it. Um, Hemant, that's really cool, buddy. Yeah, if they say yes, we'll see. I don't know what the wait time is. You have to snail mail it to them. So I did. So you sent it to, what's his face? Will Shorts. Will Shorts. Get back to me, Will. You've seen the documentary about. I did. I love it's that. It's such a great doc. <laughs> what's it, what, can you look it up? Wordplay? Is that what it's called? I think so. It's really excellent. Yeah. Um, I haven't, so I look really forward g- to my rejection letter. No, but regardless, I'm, <laughs> I'm really proud of you. That's a really great thing that you did. There's much you can do when you have to stay awake to take care of a baby. <laughs> Um, so my happy thing, so, okay, <laughs> if, if you are not into true crime, if you don't follow shit like this, this is a, a nothing thing to you. But, um, so as I've talked about it before on the podcast, I, I really enjoy true crime. And in the last, uh, month or so, so I'm going to start from the beginning. There's this woman, Michelle McNamara, who is incredible. She was an incredible true crime writer. She, um... And she really got into this this case of um, it was called the um, East Area Rapist slash original uh, original Night Stalker. She it was this man who raped and murdered people all over California. She did a fuck ton of research, um, dedicate really dedicated her life to it, and figured out that th- these two perpetrators were the same person. She coined it the the Golden State Killer, and it was this man who uh, started in Northern California, perpetrated at least fifty rapes up there. He would break into people's homes, um, 
And it, like his his big thing that people knew about him is he would break into couples' homes, and have the white the the woman tie up the man and put dishes on his back, and say if I hear them move, everybody's dead. And that he was a monster, and he had uh, he was this this perpetrator of these crimes who felt almost. Um, I don't know, almost fictitional, fictitious at some point of nobody is this good at evading this many people. How do you do that many crimes and never right. get caught? F- 50, 50 rapes, 13 murders. Um, and this woman, Michelle McNamara, really dedicated her life to finding who this was because this all happened in the 70s and 80s, um, kind of t- uh, tampered out. And she very much wanted to figure out who did this and how it happened. Um, so Michelle McNamara was in the middle of writing the book. She, um, she died unexpectedly in her sleep um, two years ago in, in 2016. Um, and her husband, Panton Oswald, who is a, a comedian whom I'm a big fan of, and um, her two writing partners got together, uh, combined her notes, combined all of the fucking research she did and and released her book um I'll be gone in the dark the the story it's about the the golden state killer is what she called him and so on tuesday evening my me and my husband and um my friend and her hu- and her boyfriend it doesn't matter um the four of us are all very good friends Phil and I, her boyfriend and I did comedy together that's how we all know each other but now he and my husband work together boring yeah. um we went to this <laughs> church in Naperville which is where I stole the pen for Hammond um and and uh Pat Oswald who is Michelle McNamara's husband uh, widower and her two writing partners and uh, Jillian Flynn, who wrote um, Gone, Girl. Gone Girl, they had this like hour, hour and a half talk about this book and what it means. And so like with my ticket, I got my signed copy of it. <laughs> um, and it's just one of those things that it, it's a it's a case that I've known about for a very long time. It's buck wild because it's it's among the most prolific unsolved murders Ever and it feels really e- it, 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 if you read into it, e- it's easy to get obsessed. So this is t- Tuesday night that, and we went to this talk, and then the four of us went to Portillo's and had like <laughs> goblets of beer because because whatever. The next morning, I wake up and my husband was already at work, and he texts me, "Did you hear the news?" <laughs> and they caught the Golden State Killer. Literally the day after I saw a talk about, like, are we ever going to catch him? What does it mean? And what does it mean if we don't catch him? And what's Michelle McNamara's legacy in this? And um, be, and because realistically, this man never would have been caught were it not for, for this woman because she brought it to the press. She brought it to the, the forefront of sort of, like, human interest. And... <laughs> And this guy hasn't done shit since 1986. And I was born in 1985. So, like, let's talk about how long that is. Um, And they caught this guy through one of the um, websites where you get your, like, genealogy tested. Because it's just... It's one of those things that literally six days ago, 
this is a ghost. This is yeah. a man that we never are going to find and we're never going to get answers and we're never Which means gonna... he must be really old now and he's finally still going to get his He's not co- even that old. He's like That's... 72. Yeah. He's not even that old. But of course he like fucking rolled up into the um in court today like in a wheelchair. Yeah, huh. Like my dude, you hopped fences like 5 minutes ago. So, but, uh Patton Oswalt was on Seth Meyers I think the following night I haven't and watched had it yet. said like, yeah, I've been up since three because my phone started ringing off the hook and I haven't been able to go back to sleep since. So so my happy thing is like, yes, this guy was caught. And it, and understand, this guy was a fucking monster. He called his victim because for a long time he wouldn't murder people. He raped people and would call them later. And yeah. like, say, he was a fucking monster. Um, and it's a case that I've always been really interested in. And so it, it's sort of twofold. It's one to see 50 plus rape victims who finally, for the first time since 1970, I think 76, 78 was one of the first attacks. For the first time, they're getting closure on mm-hmm. it. Um, and also that Michelle McNamara's legacy is, is solidified. She helped catch this guy. Whether she knows it or not. And it's so, it's, I'm reading the book right now. I tried to finish it for tonight, but I, I didn't do great. Um, I, I, she's just a person whom I admire. Her writing is excellent. If you have a moment, read I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It is the kind of writing I wish I could do. Um, and it. I, I think it, it highlights the importance of media and important the importance of the press and that, you know, w- in a time where we're saying, like, we... I say we pretty loosely, and by <laughs> we I mean Donald Trump calls things fake news or whatever. Media, investigative journalism, all of that is extraordinarily important. And it's, it, it's important no more... In, history than it is right now they would not have started this it's just it means a lot to me I'm sorry I'm kind of rambling about it it's just been a thing that's really occupied my entire week of not only (laughs) did all these people finally get closure but Michelle McNamara who's obviously the person I've never talked to or met but I feel like I know her and I'm so thrilled that uh, there is a period on the end of the on of this particular story of hers. Um, it, it's, it, it's extraordinary. It's a thing that I f- frankly never thought would happen. And I certainly never thought it would happen the day after Dude. I saw the, t- <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fucking buck wild. If, if you have any interest in cr- true crime, <laughs> digging this, haven't been talking for a thousand hours. It's all good. Um, where do we find you? Uh, Blueberry, B-L-U-E, B- did I do it right? You did it B-L-U-E, B-U-R-I-E on Twitter. I'm almost at a thousand followers, so <laughs> I definitely get all the money for having a thousand. Oh yeah, Twitter pays you. That's how it works. Uh, Hemet, where can uh, I find I'm you, I'm in Meta. You can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Please do. In the next couple of weeks, Hemet and my we husband have... and I are going to watch Star Wars, right, my it's friend? It's happening soon. He has um, human children that he's using yeah. as an excuse for not hanging I out know. with me and Mikey. Uh, later uh, in May, we're going to have a couple recorded interviews yeah. with a couple authors that you're going to want to hear. 
we'll post those uh, at our usual time. So some people have been saying they like interviews in addition to talking about the news. Nobody's saying that. No one's saying that, but we'll post them anyway. <laughs> um, cool. We'll be uh, around. Yeah, l- um, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really it appreciate now. it. If you say mean things, I definitely will take a screen grab and tweet it because it's very yes. important to me. For everybody to see all the garbage <laughs> men say to me on the internet. It's very important. Um, Fables is our uh, bonus feed podcast. The next one coming up is going to be me and my husband talking about Tranny by Laura Jane Grace, which is an excellent uh, memoir. Um, the, the last one was <laughs> me and my two best friends reading a fucking garbage romance novel. <laughs> It's fine. It's great. Um, Should have gotten it if you're on Patreon. Hey, if you uh, if you have a thought or want some advice or whatever, email us at friendlyantheistpodcast at gmail.com. We, we're trying to do a listener mail every week. This week is one of the first times in a while that I haven't had to be like, guys, on Twitter, <laughs> please send me shit. Um, so, yeah, send us your your advice needings. That's All right. how it words Sure. Do. Hammond. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.